Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to a fantastic Friday the 13th. This is May the 13th, 2016, and their calling number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Before I say welcome, Michael, um, the reason I say a fantastic Friday the 13th, you can turn it into whatever you want it to. You know, a lot of people will be going to these horror movies that come out starting tonight. But I started my morning out with processing with a young lady and breathing her over the phone, and that was a fabulous experience. First time I've done that over the phone, and um, been writing on my book ever since. So I didn't realize it was Friday the 13th until I looked at the calendar just now to be able to tell you what day it was. So welcome, Michael. So you just went on creating it as an awesome day without regard to the insanity of the culture. Is that what I'm hearing you say, sweetie? Exactly. And, you know, that's what we're supposed to do every day, regardless of what's going on in their world, to be able to stay connected to source, that what's outside doesn't impact what's going on inside. That's not always easy to do, but that's what we're supposed to do. Well, I certainly join you in that, and I'm on the team for it. You know, I I find that uh, each morning I get to wake up with three gifts, and uh, I get to open three different gifts every every day of my life. And two of them are my eyes, and the third one is a brand-new 24-hour time period where I get to create what I choose to create. And, you know, probably the greatest atrocity done to us as human beings down through the ages and that we've had – is, is that we've had hidden from us, and we bought into this game, that we've had hidden from us the fact that we are by nature creators. We are creative beings. And when we realize that we create what we set up in our lives, and we create not out of, for most people, conscious awareness, because that's not where the, the major impetus of energy is for most people, But most people's major impetus of energy is what they've been hiding from themselves, what they've been holding on to, what they don't want to look at, what they don't want to deal with. And that energy in hiding accumulates impetus. And that impetus sets up the energy fields that bring about the results in our lives. We live in a world of resonance, a world of energy. I used to uh, get the privilege, actually, three or so decades ago, I used to speak regularly at keynote at a conference called Global Science. And one year, a gentleman named Marcel Vogel showed up, and Marcel brought this thing called a Delaware camera along. And this Delaware camera was a device that you tuned like you would tune a radio in order to take a picture. You didn't just click the button and the shutter opened and whatever light energy was coming in was registered on the photographic plate, but rather it went through a tuning mechanism and you were able to tune it to different frequencies. And what would happen if you tuned it correctly is that whatever you trained it on, as opposed to giving you a picture of the so-called physical object, it would give you a picture of the energy patterns within the object. And 
in, in one case, a picture that I've seen taken by this camera is of a, an acorn tuned to the right frequency. And what shows up on the photographic plate, do you think an acorn shows up on the plate? No, it's an oak tree. To which most people respond, that's ridiculous. That just, that, that, that just couldn't happen. It's like, well, let's think about it for a minute. Have you ever planted an acorn and gotten an apple tree? Pears, peaches, plums, wheat, honey, corn, beans, rice. No, time that an acorn is planted, what will happen is that acorn, if it's watered properly, will absorb nutrients from the soil. It will absorb energy from the sun. It will take the minerals and the, the energy patterns around it and turn it into one thing and one thing only, and that's an oak tree. So obviously, in the acorn, the oak tree is there if you know how to attune to its frequency. Well, my offering is that we are tuning mechanisms. Actually, the word soul, as it was used in the ancient Aramaic, can properly translate it, a tuning mechanism. What are we tuning into? What energies, what frequencies are we holding? If we hold energies in unconsciousness, here Yeshua saying, take care of the heart for out of it are the issues in life. We couldn't even translate that word heart until just the last few decades in our culture. But now that we understand in the West, the unconscious, we know he was saying, take care of what you hold unconscious in you for out of that are the issues life. Out of that are the energy patterns which you set up and radiate. You know, Marcel was able to take a picture of the high energy waves that leave the mind when we think a thought with this Delaware camera. So what moves in us is what's going to resonate or draw to us the experiences that we have. The law of resonance, law of energy exchange. In its simplest form, the law of resonance says, that when two energy fields are in tune or in harmony with each other, when their atomic magnetic structure is the same, there's going to be an exchange of energy or information between them. So if I hit a middle C tuning fork on the desk, it's going to, if I put it in front of a second middle C tuning fork, cause that second tuning fork to move. So this law of resonance creates motion. If I put the middle C tuning fork in front of a middle A tuning fork, it will not create any motion because there is no frequency exchange between the middle C and the middle A. Now, understand that law of resonance creating motion and then add to it the understanding that in animate fields, you know, the, the tuning forks are inanimate objects. All they do is create motion in each other when they're amplified and their frequencies match. But in the human realm, there's another attribute added to that, to what resonance does. And that is that it not only creates motion, but it creates motion toward. You know, Job gave us a wonderful lesson several thousand years ago you read his book and you look at all the dramas and traumas that he goes through. I mean, what a load to go through. And the last analysis, Job comes to a conclusion. Ah, I finally got it. That which I feared most has come upon me. In other words, if what moves in me continuously is fear, then that which I fear is going to move toward me. So someone who believes Friday the 13th means bad luck or whatever, and is serious about that fear, is going to tend to produce that kind of a result. So once we recognize we are creative beings, and we recognize the mechanism of that creative process, that, that we were given this awesome ability to set in motion different qualities of energy. We were given the ability to focus. Yeshua, again, gives us another key in how creation occurs. He says this, let thine eye be single 
and thy body will be filled with light. What's he saying there? He's saying that a singular focus on one frequency to the exclusion of all others is going to bring about a pattern or a result, an expression in your form. Now you look at how the world vies for your attention. You look at the billions of dollars that advertisers spend to try to figure out how to get your attention and hold it because they know that if they can hold your attention, they'll probably be able to interrupt your creative process and get you to express some of your creative abilities through sending money in their direction by buying their product. So recognizing that we are energetic beings The world teaches us fear. And then through fear, we create results. You listen to Yeshua 2,000 years ago, and although it would be hard to say in many circles that purport to be about his teaching, because the fear-mongering is rampant. They make up monsters and deities and you know horrendous creatures and horrendous fiery places to keep people, especially little kids, in fear, and that fear becomes lifelong. And you hear the ancient scriptures saying, the creator saying to humans that fear is a commandment of man. And you hear Yeshua over and over and over again saying, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. What do you have fear will happen in your world? That's your next worksheet. That's where you want to apply the forgiveness process to remove the root of that frequency called fear so that instead of drawing to you something resonated by that fear, you stay focused in the truth of who you are as a human being, as this awesome active presence of love. And as you stay centered and focused in this presence of love, you produce results. And when the predominant resonant energy within you is maintained as the frequency of love, nothing else is going to become, be able to come near you because there will be an automatic shield set up. And only what you're in resonance with can enter your field. So it's a pretty cool thing to understand the way the creative process works. And so great thought to, uh, to open the show with, Jeannie. And uh, I certainly join with you in the celebration each day that we get to open three gifts, a pair of eyes, two of them, and a new day upon which we can write a creative process and create what we choose to have in our world and in our lives. So let's check in with Dr. Tim and see what the young man has to add to that conversation. He's actually not with us today unless he's calling from oh. a different number. So I'm not well, seeing if you're there, him on Tim, the switchboard. Hit one. So Jeannie will be able to see you on the switchboard. Usually if he's not going to be here, he sends one of us a text, and I don't think I've heard from him. Right, so hopefully everything's going good in his world. But he is not with us. We don't have any hands up, and there's no questions in the chat room. So I guess we can take off in whatever direction we want. Well, then, what do you say we invite someone to uh, put their hand up? Ask us a question. What can we do to support you in understanding what's happening in your world and enhancing or strengthening your ability, if there's something you'd rather be done with, in in strengthening your ability to remove, to forgive any energy that you'd rather not be creating your life out of. How can we support you? That's our purpose for this show. And if you're in the phone queue... And you have a question for us, all you have to do is hit one. And, you know, sometimes people's 
voices are a little shaky when they do something like get on the radio because they're nervous or whatever. And if you are, that's just perfectly fine. Cancel your annoyed for nose. Pardon me, your need for your voice to be perfect. And go ahead and push one and ask your question. How can we support you? What's happening in the world? You have a success story to share with us about the forgiveness. You just went process. muffled. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure. There, Why is that, that better? That's better. Yep. Okay. The wire to my microphone moved a little bit. So 646-200-4169 is our calling number. So if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you or you're in the chat room and you have a question for us, and by the way, if you're in the chat room and you can't type in the chat room, you can only see what's happening, there's a reason for that. You're not yet registered with Blog Talk Radio. And if you just do a simple registration process with them, I'm not sure if uh, the button to do that is right there in the screen or not. Jeannie, do you know? Is there a button that's easy to just push? I mean, and you just I do a simple registration. Go ahead. I have directions on our website, but I don't know uh, on the top of my head. It's been a while since I typed that up or, or went through the process. Okay. So anyway, just a simple procedure with registering a blog talk, and you'll be able to write in the chat room. And they're impeccable at taking care of your email address. They don't use it for anything else. They don't share with anybody. So it's a, a safe procedure to do that. And... That way you can write in the chat room. But if you're in a place where you can't and you have something you'd like to share with us, a question for us, then we would invite you to raise your hand. Ask your question. We've been doing a couple of different uh, radio shows uh, this this week. Uh, yesterday afternoon I did a – well, actually it was 6 o'clock in the evening here in, in the on the East Coast, but there's a – station out in California that uh, does a show at 3 o'clock. And so we spent an hour on the phone explaining the forgiveness process to folks through a California radio station. And then yesterday morning, and uh, it's not exactly the uh, time frame I would set up a radio show, but at 7 o'clock we started off with, uh, actually it was a two-hour show, 7 until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, and a thing called the Love Network. So we did a two-hour show with them yesterday, and we actually did one the week before with that group, and they are enjoying the material, liking the material so much that uh, they're starting off with uh, actually Tuesday. Each Tuesday we're going to present a different uh, two-hour presentation to their group. So I'll, I'll have to get that uh, information. We'll have to post it on the site, and we'll, we'll talk about how you can access that material and uh, that show as well. And Jeannie tells me that she's got a hand up. So, Jeannie, let's say hello. We do. We've actually got a couple of hands up. And I think the first one awesome. is Miss um, Julie from Ashland, Oregon. I think she was on there the other day. And then by the time we got around to her, she was gone. So, hello, Julie. We lost her. <laughs> hey, young lady, welcome. Oh. Hello. I, I, yeah, I actually took myself off the queue the other day because of too many interruptions and phone calls and things coming in. So, um, or just, I guess I changed my mind and didn't need to talk about what it was I was going to talk about. Um, well, last time, I was very afraid of some, um, I was resisting doing my worksheets because I was afraid of something horrible that I might learn about myself, um, to put it in a nutshell. And... Um, Yesterday, when you were speaking of the passing of our dear Monica Wilson, I just was really remembering my experiences with her because I shared an intensive with her in 2012. And um, right. I just, I really appreciate the way you expressed um, compassion for her and, and the allowing of letting her go to what is next for her. And I, I, I was kind of realizing that, um, oh, what is it? You know how you talk about the geographic cure? And so in a right. way, dying is a geographic cure. <laughs> it's a know, definitely it's a leaving issue. Definitely a what? 
a leaving issue. Oh, yeah, a leaving issue, yeah. And um, I think I'm fairly preoccupied with that <laughs> more than I'd like to admit. Um, so it was really interesting to just experience it from my resonating with her passing and, um, you know, the fears that I have about it. And um, yesterday I... Um, I took that resonance that was activated and I didn't do anything with it like a worksheet might have been good and I saw uh, it escalate or you know stay present and reflect to me in other areas of my life to the point that last night um, my dog wandered off and he's been losing it a little lately and a little disoriented here and there and not walking well. And he wandered off into this open field that is adjacent to my home that is now with five-foot-tall grass growing, and he wanted to go down to the creek. And he, um, I didn't want to follow him because there were ticks and mosquitoes, so that was a fear of mine. And that's why I've been keeping out of the grass. And he just had to go down to the creek and get some water because that's a pleasure and a desire and a need for him. And he hasn't been able to do that for a couple of months. So anyway, that was the whole setup. And he never came back. And not never, but I thought it was going to be never. And I was resonating with, oh, no, is he going to die? Is this it? Because I didn't hear him. I called him. Everything was very unnormal, very unnormal. So um, I got to break down into my grief and fear of all these things and, and move beyond them. I did a lot of breathing and tuning in and realized that I had allowed myself by my resistance to become um, unintimate, others and myself. But, and I've mm, been sensing this lately. Yeah, I've been sensing how disconnected I've been and um, how I was longing for that. And actually, I noticed people long for that from me. They want intimacy when from me. When you say, ah, okay, got it. Go ahead. When I say longing. Well, no, I just wasn't sure when you said longing for that, whether it was the isolation or the intimacy. I understand now you mean the intimacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, ha- I was having this longing. And I, I also recognize that as a, um, <clears throat> a, a longing for connection with love and source, you know. And so, anyway, I've been opposing that, and it's been a choice to resist and not do my worksheets. I recognize that I'm choosing that every time, even if by default, you know, I'm still choosing. And... So, I'd, I'd offer something you. different there. Okay. Are you willing to look at a different thought? Sure. Uh, oh, for sure. My my take is that in interacting with you over the years and the work that you've done, is that when you're making a choice, you choose to do your work. When oh, you're not exactly. making a choice, there's a decision stored in your structure, and that decision comes up and takes over and removes you from choice. That would be my experience yeah. of you. But when you're choosing, you're on it. You're going for it. But when something old starts to move, something starts to resonate, and usually it's fear-based, then the mind comes up with its withdrawal decision. And, you know, the difference just – I know that you know this because of the intensives you've been in, but those who haven't perhaps gone to that depth of the work – that the the body-mind unit is a decision-making machine. If I say don't think about the color of your car, what's the front door of your house look like, uh, what's your favorite food, all of those things are stored in your structure. And when I set up with my voice a resonance, there's no choice about those things. Those brain cells just fire, kind of like the middle C tuning fork responds by moving when there's another middle C tuning fork nearby. So that would be a decision, something that's stored in the structure that simply moves in response to a stimulus. 
Whereas a choice is, I'm awake, my decision might be, oh, I have fear about that. When I have fear, I run away, I don't do it. And I can choose to have courage. I can bring something new into my structure. And it's kind of like a battle, that old battle of Armageddon. We've got Goliath with its old, no, I'm not doing this. That's my decision. And then I've got the choice to do my work and face this and clear it out. So I'd, I'd offer that perhaps it's decisions that withhold you from your work and the strengthening of the ability to choose and to strengthen your will the practice and there's the uh, the mind goal management sheet to practice the faculty of will so that when Goliath arises his head when when the non-being mind makes a decision no I'm going to stay in fear and trepidation of this then the alternative is to choose and to change Goliath's mind. And, you know, it's interesting you bring this up in the context of the conversation about Monica. When we went to Miami uh, back a few months ago, it was the first time we'd seen Monica in about three years. You know, she came to an intensive back, I think it was 2012. And then, and, you know, you certainly remember Monica was a pretty big lady. And, Mm -hmm. I was shocked when I saw her uh, a few weeks ago when we went to Miami and she came to all the workshops and she was probably down to maybe 90 pounds, very frail, moving very slowly and very carefully, yet very enthusiastic. And it was, though she was in a pretty tough place, it was really inspiring to watch her courage. And, you know, in that state, she was in quite a bit of pain. What she had was a bone cancer. And so she was a lot of bone pain. And uh, she would take the effort. She lived a fair ways away from where we were doing the workshops. And every night she got in the car and drove down, came to the workshops. And she was right there with every word of it. And about, and we had, kept in touch with her by phone pretty closely and about two weeks ago she called me one day and she had broken her arm and was in a lot of pain and confusion actually she was talking to both Jeannie and I we were in the in the car on the speakerphone in the car and she was in quite a bit of confusion and quite a bit of fear about dying and I just from the moment where we first reconnected with her when we got to South Florida her courage was inspiring. She came forward through all of that and with a desire to live, but pretty much knowing that she was on the way out, that she was dying. But about two weeks ago when we were talking that night and she was in a lot of confusion, a lot of of pain, and I don't know if I can pull this off. I don't know if I can heal myself. And there was such a a beautiful shift for her in the conversation as we talked about, well, Monica, the way you win at this is not necessarily to heal your body. Maybe you've gone too far. Maybe this energy field of yours is so far down the road in the disease process that you're not going to be able to turn it around. But what you can do is you can stand in the face of death You can stand in the face of pain. You can stand in the face of your deterioration, and you can function as a human being as love. And, I mean, Jeannie and I, we could both hear it so clearly. The shift in her voice, the shift away from confusion and turmoil and pain around this to clarity. And the work she did in these last weeks was just awesome. And what I, what I took away from it was instead of death and fear controlling her, she took charge of the process. And, yes, she had gone downhill far enough that it was, you know, it was just too difficult and too late to stop the progression toward death. But 
it wasn't too late for her to stop the progression toward life for her being. And the shift that took place after that one night's conversation, each time we talked, she was getting progressively worse, getting into progressively more pain. She broke her other arm. She got to where she could hardly move. Her bones were very brittle, and so they broke easily. And yet her being was so strong and so clear that she healed herself even though her body died. She left as conscious human life. And to me, that was just a huge victory to watch her do that and a huge privilege on my part to be part of it and to watch the courage that she had to do that. So I join with you in whatever fears you're facing, being able to strengthen that part of your being that is love, that has choice, that has the five smooth stones of David, and to keep practicing those and bring them forward in the face of whatever is in Goliath's mind, whatever is in carbon-based memory, and to just be able to, piece by piece, gently face those things and let them go. Soften into them, knowing that they're only energies, and let them go. Wow. Thanks. <sighs> yeah, nice breath. That's the kind mm. of breath that heals. Nice. Yeah, that was so beautiful. I I do remember Monica so well because her being really was always there, so present. And she just was up against, you know, other kinds of density, other energies. And um, when you look at what she handled in that intensive, the mm -hmm. intensity of the experiences that she was so afraid to go through. And then, I mean, it's so clear in my mind that one day where, I mean, it was just terror in her face and she was just, she opened and was willing to receive the whole group support and she walked through some major, major assault energy that was just amazing to watch her walk through. Okay. And I think that, unfortunately, because there wasn't a support group in South Florida when she got back home, as it came to yeah. continuing to do that, she just kind of backed off and and left it. But the way she came forward these last weeks was, was pretty awesome to be a part of. I'm so yeah. grateful for her that your workshops were happening and she was able to reconnect. You know, we just did one weeks. week of workshops this year. You know, we've been sitting still writing aside from the intensive. We just did one week of workshops and, and I am grateful that it was down there. So we were close enough to uh, to be part of that. And then, you know, I think another thing that really helped, and, and I was just grateful for this, is, you know, her son is in prison, and it just so happened that the prison was about an hour and a half away from here and uh, where we're staying in Florida. And I was just so glad we had to apply to get approval to go in and visit him because it's a maximum security prison. And uh, just a really sweet young man who's who's in a place that's pretty heavy duty and yet is really there doing his work. And so it was just, um, it was wonderful that we were able to help her mind be settled in that she knew that there was someone else to support him and visit with him and that we were able to do that. And, you know, we'll be heading down to see him again uh, before we leave here at uh, just, uh, the whole, the way all of the circumstances came, to, came together was really uh, like a serendipitous gift. Yeah, it shows how everything's connected, you know. So all these resonances are actually friendly indicators. <laughs> Sorry, friendly indicators. Something you can always be assured of is that the universe is in a conspiracy. And the conspiracy of the universe, the whole universe, is always conspiring to make you win as a human being. Whatever carbon-based <laughs> memory's got in mind, the universe is conspiring to support you through it. 
And if we allow ourselves to tune into that, then that support is received. You know, earlier in your introduction today, you were talking about um, carbon-based memory and frequencies and resonances. And when two, you were talking more in terms of two people when they get together and they resonate. Um, it's because, like the tuning fork, they have similar resonances. So. I was thinking about the egoic mind or the non-being mind, or you just called it um, something, I forget, the like carbon-based memory mind. Evidential right. mind. That's Goliath. About. Yeah, Goliath. And, and then there's this, our being mind and our true mind and the mind that we're aligned with where we do have choice and, and free will. Anyway, I might be explaining it a little incorrectly, but I was thinking about no, how you're right that, on track. Those, okay, those two resonances inside us, it's, it's sort of that battle of Armageddon maybe of which resonance will win or be the one that is, um, you know, followed or listened to. And, Run the frequencies. Um, That's exactly it. Yeah. That's the battle of Armageddon. Yeah. You, know, you listen to um, Paul, and he spoke about the goal of the work was to be of like mind with Christ. The world wants you forced you into the mind of Goliath, of fear mm-hmm. and conflict and hostility and fight. You know, you, you, you listen to the, the culture and how backward it is in its language, and it wants you to fight for peace. Excuse me, no. You stand as a space of love for peace. That's how you create peace. You don't create it out of fighting. Okay, so so here's where I've been in my process of facing Goliath. My my fear was so big because Goliath looks so big, and I I do hear you when you talk about the scripture where um, Yeshua says seventy times seventy times we have these these things to clear out, and it sounds big, but I'm starting to see that it isn't the bigness. It, it, we don't maybe necessarily control where the worksheet is going to take us, but we, but when we trust, no control at all. Yeah, we, when we that's trust, that's the we, beauty of it. Yes, <laughs> yes, because we want to become free of that of needing to control everything. Um, so 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 I'm starting to get over my fear of what am I going to find and how bad is it. And um, recognize that it's more about this daily maintenance. Just choose five things to do a worksheet on, and trust that that freeing up of energy, or what you know, it doesn't have to be overly significant or sobs and tears during the actual worksheet. It's just the trust that there's a process that I'm setting in motion that is going to work for me and not against me, and it keeps Absolutely. my energy clean and clear. You know, that clearing is just a necessity. That's what Yeshua was teaching. Keep the clearing every day. That goes on for infinity, not just 70 times, 70 times. Just like you wash your armpits every day. You do your work. Yeah. And that's that's what it takes. So here's one of, I'm going to ask this question. I know there's another speaker or person, uh, caller, but I do have a question. I have never had the mind goal management worksheet explained to me that I know of, such that I ha- feel I can do it. I just have uncertainty and, and feel like I need it explained to me. I've listened to getting the stress you need many times. So I, ha- I know I have a hearing <laughs> barrier sometimes. And is it in there if I were to listen yes, more it carefully? Is. The yes. explaining of how, okay, well then I'll do that. Getting the stress you need, the last, I think it's the last maybe, I forget exactly, 30, 40 minutes of that workshop explains the okay. mind goal management sheet. So I'd invite you to, to, to listen to that and, and sit with a notebook, and if any questions come up, then call the show and ask questions. Okay, I'll get my questions specific. And we'll help All you right. clarify it. That's, that's our purpose. Yeah. Is to right, support well, you in understanding you. all the worksheets. Yeah, delighted, honored. And I have been listening for the last two weeks. I listen as often as I, I almost every day, and I I listen when I miss the show. I listen on the archives, which I so appreciate. 
so I am getting your amazing morsels and just huge nourishment from everything you say and all of your um, introductions cool. and Dr. Tim and everybody's con- contributions, Gail and Susan Darnell, and just I can't think of everyone now. But So thank you for your radio show because it definitely is a support. Delighted and honored, and you know, if if I were to turn it over to Dr. Tim now and say, Tim, do you have any thoughts for this? I suspect <laughs> what he'd say to you is one of the things to be aware of, Julie, is there's no such thing as bad self knowledge. Oh. Whatever you uncover, whatever's in there, you're living with it, and the results of it. To uncover it whatever it is, and expose it to love, if it's not helpful in your life, exposing it love to love will dissolve it and the pain that's behind it. So, so I think Tim would say there's no bad self-knowledge. So go for it. Whatever's in there, like, so what? That's what's in there. You, I promise you survived it on the way in. You'll survive it on the way out. You know, it's not that big a deal. Thanks. Yep, he'd All say right. that. Delighted. So would Lessons. you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bless you. And thank you, Jeannie, also for your inspiration. Good luck with your book. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> All right, we've got another caller, sweetie. Actually, she has dropped off. I believe it was um, another Julie. Uh, so if you're still on there, uh, this is the one from Pahrump. Hit one, it'll put you back up the top. We have 18 minutes, so we've got time. There she is, area code 707. You're on the air. Is this the other Julie? Yes, it is. Hi, Michael. Hi, Tina. Well, How are you? Hey, how does it feel living in a world being referred to as the other Julie? <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a few of us that call in, isn't there? There are there actually third, uh, at least three that I know of. Yeah, at least three that I know of pretty regularly, yes. Oh, well. Popular name. name. There's a a wonderful song that was written about you many years ago. I'm sure you know it. Bobby Sherman. Bobby Uh Sherman? Yeah. Julie, 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 do you love me? (laughs) Yep. Giving away my age here, too. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I said I would check back in with you. You know, we've talked a couple of times on the phone and let you know how I'm doing. A bit overwhelming. That's great. That's well, overwhelming. If, if, what's, <laughs> if what's in hiding in your mind is overwhelm, mm-hmm. keeping it hidden will lead to things coming to flood you and overwhelm you. Instead okay. of waiting for that to come about from the outer world and bowl you over, the willingness to open and go inside and directly confront the overwhelm inside, and it might be overwhelm that happened to you know, a young lady when she was 13 or when she was 5 or when she was 2. They're just energetic patterns, and uncovering those Practicing maintaining the active presence of love while those things come up means they dissolve. So dissolving them rather than carrying them around unconsciously, while not necessarily fun, is a wondrous thing to be able to do. Got it, and thank you. Um, It hasn't been fun. It's been a little bit rough um, this past week. And I had done some worksheets on a a situation that happened to me here in 2010 um, that kind of got brought up in my support group last week, and it's been really affecting me, um, and and I'm not dealing with it as well as I thought I had, and obviously I've got more worksheets to go on, and so this one's been a hard one because my reaction, and I'm going to be forthright here, I was sexually assaulted in 2010 and uh-huh. um, in doing my worksheets I thought okay this is getting released and I'm doing well and I'm doing better and I am but then I took a step backwards when you know I was asked a question about a good thing about this person and my comment was 
like, where did this come from? And my comment was, he was a hunk. And I thought, that is almost a horrible, in my mind, was a horrible thing to say. Couldn't figure out where it came from. And it just sent me on a tailspin this week because I've been trying to figure this out and then get myself back on track, doing my worksheets and all. Um, and I realized I maybe I haven't been being honest with myself on some of my worksheets. Um, I'm kind of in a tailspin with all of this and mm. don't know how to proceed next to really get that grasp on it. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, remember, remember that one of the pseudo solutions of the non-being mind is if I could just figure this out. There is mm-hmm. no way that we can figure out any kind of intense dynamic that happens in our lives and all the components, the external events and energies that impact us, the genetic events, there's no way to figure all that out. But here's what you can do is you can continuously search for the goal that drives the tailspin And when you find the right one, cancel it. Like, for instance, the sense I get is maybe the goal to work with that you haven't looked at yet is the goal to be innocent. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's when I have a And as you cancel that goal, you know, when I hear you Mm -hmm. saying I was sexually assaulted and then I have the thought that this guy is a hunk, maybe there's a part of me that invited it or attracted it or... And so then, you know, there might be guilt. There might be all kinds of dynamics. You can't figure that out. But what you can do is you can keep the hidden dissociated energies that put you in a tailspin flowing to the surface through awareness. It's like just open the well and let those energies keep flowing forward and maintain the presence of love as that's happening. And what will happen is all of the untoward energies involved, his, yours, your genes, 10 generation dynamics, you know, from 10 generations ago, will simply surface through the well and fall away. But if you, you know, if they start to move and you kind of, you know, you need like a hundred arms to get a hold of this piece of it and that piece of it and try to hold it all back and see if you can figure it out, not going to happen. You breathe. Yeah. You be with it. And you hold the place of love and just let it melt off. That's one of the things. And I I did some notes here on it, you know, kind of did a little mini tool here. And it's like, why can't I bring this person into the essence of love? I'm having a difficult time with that. Um, I felt embarrassment. Um, My fear, my rage, my anxiety kind of came back this week. Um, Mm. You know, I started, you know, going through the whole scenario again. So it sounds like you're allowing what's been locked down and dissociated from to come forward, and that's never an easy process. No, and it's not. I'll I'll offer that, you know, as a man in the culture, I'll offer a an apology for the fact that such an insult and assault could ever take place between a man and a woman in our culture. That that someone could be so out of integrity as to engage in such a thing. And, and I hold the space and I invite you to join in the space of together, our, our whole community of people are able to breathe and eliminate that energy that leaves someone in such a weakened position that they think they have to take advantage of another in any way, shape or form, especially sexually. Mm-hmm. And it sounds Thank like, you. You know, I mean, in, in, in the midst of an experience like that, the intensity of the energy is extreme. And it sounds like what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to literally go to the place of that intensity of the energy that became locked into tissue that 
now needs to move out in order for you to be free of the dis-ease energy of that. And, and it's a skill to be able to hold and process that kind of energy and that kind of a, a sensitive assault. I, I just hold the space for that opening and, and for you and, and all women that have been assaulted in, at any time in the culture and in the world to be free of it. Well, thank you. Um, it is a tough one. And where to start to get myself back to where I thought I was or where I should be is, you know, like I say, I'm having a hard time. And I tend to, yeah. um, when I made the comment, he's a hunk, I tend to cover pain or rage or fear with humor. And I think right. that's one of the reasons I may have come across with that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um so I kind of beat myself up even on that part of it. And I'm like, okay, how many times do I beat myself so up? After what's this the goal that has up, you beating yourself up? What's I, the goal that has you beating yourself up? Just trying to get into the essence of love without using all the other cover-ups that I've used to um, be numb to it, so to speak. Is that making sense? Yes, absolutely. So you can't effort getting into the essence of love. You can practice bringing forward the truth of your being in the essence of love, and you soften and you let the other just melt away. And as it melts away, it's going to come up in intensity. It's going to increase in intensity as it moves. Okay, so worksheet, what would be my first, topic so to speak to get back on track in that sense well the one that I suggested is perhaps you know the desire to be innocent if there's a part of you that feels like you were involved you were guilty and it's it's really common mind energy in the culture to blame the, the victim quote, quote unquote uh-huh. so it wouldn't it wouldn't be so shocking if there were some of those dynamics and so I'd be doing some okay. worksheets around my desire to be innocent. And then okay. what, what is the, the, the major trauma? Is it around the physical assault, physical pain? Is it around the violation of your being, not being honored? All of those things um, would be it's, goals it's all that, of it. yes. So the emotional I'd be doing part of it. Which, and, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. You got it. Oh, the emotional part of it is is extremely hard. Um, you become mm, non-trusting towards people. Um, yes. You know, so many things come out of it, and so um, it, it's it, the hard part is it, it was somebody I actually knew. It was a vendor. Um, that I had to work with in my business, so or in the right. business I worked for, and so that you're you're talking about the innocence of it, and of course people will point fingers at you and judge you, and you know why did you do this or why didn't you do that, and I'm like ooh, and I think the best way to kind of describe what one's going through was actually shown on the Oscars this year with Lady Gaga singing and unless you've experienced it you don't know how it feels and yeah, for so sure. many no people idea. come at you sorry so that becomes a really um, difficult thing because you feel like you're having to pay for it repetitively. Yeah. Because you're constantly defending yourself against somebody who created a situation towards you. And so um, it's difficult. So I do some worksheets around canceling the goal to be seen as innocent. And to be embraced okay. in love and supported through this. Uh-huh. 
And what I'm going to do at this moment is I'm going to, as I just breathe and hold the space, you know, Jeannie is working on her book, which is entitled Healing Generations One Breath at a Time. And this is a major issue that she's addressing there. So, sweetheart, I'm going to just invite you to come into the conversation and see if you have any input for Julie. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And I also just got a text from Magda who calls in often, and she said to tell you, Julie, that it, there, everyone is holding the space for you and that we're all in there okay. with you on that. And um, the, Thank you. Yeah, and I have been there. Uh, I have totally experienced what you're talking about. And one of the things that I found, you know, I even went back in a breath session to a generational thing, of having sexual abuse and see how, you know, um, it's moved through and, you know, I I kept it hidden and pushed down for 30-some years and almost it was like pretending like it didn't happen. You know, it'll go away. I don't ever have to see this person again and, and all these other things. And yet I saw how, the impact of it and like you said not trusting people feeling like you have to constantly have your defense up like you have to figure out everything and keep your world safe so something like that doesn't happen again and become almost um, I used to call it obsessive compulsive disorder but then we renamed it to obsessive compulsive blessing and Mm -hmm. Knowing that, you know, I have to look at those things and have to work through them and have to deal with them or they're just going to keep showing up because it is actually a disease within you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, whether you pretend like it's there or not. And it's going to continually manifest in one way or another until you do go through it and deal with it. And, you know, there was a time when, you know, I actually said out loud that I hoped that I never saw the guy again because I could probably kill him. And after doing my work around it, and it took a long time, and it wasn't overnight, that I believe it was just, you know, this past year that I made the statement that I could actually be in his presence and I would be okay. I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm sure there would still be some things resonate, but I had dropped the desire to kill him. (laughs) And that's a big one, a real big one. And so, you know, I still have, you know, physical pain, emotional pain, uh, mental. All of those things continue to come up, but they are lighter. It like where used to I might go into a depression for weeks. You know, it may still take a day or two, but it's a lot shorter than it used to be. And I can get reconnected. I can, you know, and with the support of the community, um, being able to breathe and, you know, um, Dr. Androcki and Claudia, you know, I don't know whether they would be willing to, you know, either do a barter or trade or hire their services out to breathe you, but they know how how to do that. Um, I made a big move through my issues in a breath session. Mm -hmm. And so, you know. I'm not familiar with that yet, so. Um, and what it's that awesome. is. Maybe ask Claudia about still point if she'd support you in a still point session. Oh, okay, still point. I've heard the term. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. I will. I will. I was going to ask. That's one of the things that we said. do in intensive. We're we're down to about <clears throat> forty five seconds or so, and let's just oh. go ahead with the conversation. But but it'll just cut us off, and that's okay. We'll just go through. So go ahead. Oh, um, I was going to say, you know, the old traditional way of things in our generation and all is suck it up and just deal with it. And my brother who's eight years older than I, when I finally told him about it a few years ago prior to his death, um, that's exactly what he told me to do. And it was like, I had no support anywhere. The most support I've gotten is through doing what we're doing and learning about this program that you have. Yeah. I hear you. Thank you. And, you know, most people, that's their advice because they have no clue, they have no tools to deal with it. So that's all they know to do is just suck it up. And I'd be honored if we could continue this conversation tomorrow. The the blog talk is going to cut us off. We're complete. But call me Monday. Or Monday. 
it'd be a gift for the whole community. Blessings. We hold the space for the um, weekend. Can I call you back, Janie? 